All right. Welcome to the Tech Down South podcast. A little thing I'm starting with my friend here, Lindsey Bogan, but maybe I should introduce myself. I'm Matthew Wilson, college student, computer science major, living the life in East Tennessee. What about you, Lindsey? Uh, Lindsey Bogan II, a junior at Vanderbilt University, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, medicine, health, and society major but a huge Apple slash Nintendo fan, which I'm sure is why all you wonderful listeners are here right now. Totally. So, thanks for joining us. Let's see. What do we have first on the docket for you guys? Let's start. I, I figured a great place to try and start this um, would be, you know, talking about Apple's latest news, which is their quarterly announcement. You mean the latest news that basically they have more money than Greece and half of the European Union continents in Africa, South America, and could solve world hunger three times over? That quarter? Yeah, you know, that Apple. So if anyone hasn't heard already, they've made a total revenue in their first quarter uh, $74.6 billion. It was $74.6 billion? Like with a B? Yeah, with a B. The one right after A. The one right after A. And it, it crazy. $18 billion of that was pure profit. Mm. What could I do with $18 billion? It's a lot of Skittles. <laughs> it's a lot of Skittles. I could probably get Vanderbilt some new band uniforms too. Yeah, so they, they sold, obviously, one of their biggest sellers. Well, not one. The biggest seller is the iPhone with 74.5 million iPhones sold in three months. It averages to nine iPhones a second. There just went 21 iPhones. Oh, yeah. Oh, they saw another one hop up. Yeah, they're, they're selling like hotcakes. And, of course, a lot of that is due to the fact that it was the uh, holiday season, so you've got people buying gifts, you've got sellers that have deals, knowing that people are going to be buying iPhones and doing what they can to try to get a cut of that, that pie. But even still, uh, when you look at all of their holiday quarters separate from their other ones, this, is, this has to be even twice as big as the holiday quarter they had last year. So this was certainly more than just linear growth. It was almost exponential in this case, just coming from last year. Yeah, looking at last year, actually, they had $57.6 billion, And the year before that, 54. So they went from 54 to 57 but then to 74 the next year. So definitely a larger growth. And I bet it's all thanks to bigger iPhones. Yeah, mo most definitely. Uh, and, you know, Tim Cook is always really good about saying that, you know, they had a number of people switching from Android. I think it was around 26% or so. You, you know, you, it's still crazy to think about this, but you still got a lot of people out there that, A, a either don't have a smartphone um, or, B, are still still have smartphones that they got three and four years ago that are just now upgrading. True. Also, the other big, I think the other thing that really made it this year was that they finally were able to get selling in China because I mm -hmm. they yeah. had a giant growth in China. I can't remember the exact number, but it was like a, something like 115, 114% more over the last year. Over the last year, let me see, I'm looking at the Apple year-over-year -year regional growth. Um, for China, uh, for 2014, it looks like it peaked at about maybe 30%. 
And then for this most previous quarter, it's at about 73%. So we're talking about a massive, massive jump. Insane. And previously, in the just the quarter before the most recent one, they'd only had about maybe 3% growth. So going from 3% growth to about 73% growth in the span of a quarter is astronomic. I mean, honestly, it, it's crazy that they're beating out oil companies for making money. Like out of the like 10 best quarters, Apple has five. And out of the five uh, best performing companies, Apple is number one. And the other four are oil companies. But what I still find insane which I actually linked to, I'll put in the show notes, the uh, string, uh, the link on Stratechery, uh, the bad assumptions. I find it so insane how much, though, analysts still call Apple doomed. They are, you know, how many times larger than Google, yet Google is evil, but Apple, they're still, they're doomed. They're barely holding on. They're, they're, oh, they made it this quarter, but next quarter, there's no way they can do it again. They're, they're in trouble. You see it. In all the news, and I know a bit of it is bad news about Apple sells, but still, there are actual analysts who aren't just trying to make a uh, make a dime on a uh, make a dime on some page views who say like Apple is barely holding on, or like where does this perception come from? Do you think it it comes from the Apple of the nineties? The, this, the Apple of the 90s and the early 2000s was the Apple that most of these reporters and uh, analysts kind of grew up with. You know, the Apple that, that made Macs, but Macs weren't that much better than PCs. Um, that would kind of send its ways. It just kind of did its own thing, and you just didn't really worry about it because there was no need to. Um, and then by the time you look up, it's this huge monolith, you know, 10 years later. I think the iPod came out in 2001. We're in 2015. And even in 2001, Apple was just barely operating in the black at that point. Um, right. So to have that kind of growth in just 14 years is just, I think, hard for these people to understand. And the, the more difficult thing about it is that the growth is, is so large, the amount of money that they've made it's so big that it's it's easy to just belittle it, you know, and turn those Bs for billions just into millions to think, oh, well, that's nice. But anyone could also do this because this company has, seen, has been able to do it. Um, and I, I think that maybe 20 years from now we'll be able to look back at this period in Apple's history, regardless of where they are then, and just say, wow, these were some amazing times for this company, for really any company in, in American history. Uh, and to do it with something that's that's not an appliance, right. to do it with something that's that's not necessary, to do it um, by making products that people want to have, um, and you're always going to have your detractors. You know, you're always going to have your people that that don't like Alabama Crimson Tide or the New England Patriots or the Los Angeles Lakers. So there'll always be those people. Yeah. Now you actually brought up a point that I'm going to come back to in a second, but then also my my side of it is something else that I, I agree with you, but then also I see as maybe some analysts are thinking, well they can't grow any bigger. They're so giant. They can't they can't sell another, you know, 20 billions worth of phones. They can't make it another, you know, make another like 100% growth in China. Mhm. Uh, where the uh, where they have their own cell phone makers that are so large, right? But uh, the thing is, some of the bad assumptions they make are like that 
making the best products that Apple's always talking is, well, like, for show. Like, I mean, sure, you say you're making the best products, but, I mean, honestly, like, time after time again, Apple, I say more than any other company, they've shown to make good decisions. And I'm sure there's bad decisions, but they they make some good decisions more consistently, I believe. Mm-hmm. Also, it definitely shows that consumers don't just care about price and speeds because, you know, you can still say, oh, the Android this and this has, you know, a faster pro. It has a 2.4 gigahertz processor with, you know, quad core. Apple doesn't have that. No, they're selling them. (laughs) It's not shown to uh, affect them any. Well, I think it's that, uh, you know, it's iPhone versus all of Android, but there's no real Android phone that's established itself as being a competitor to the iPhone in, in all of its categories, in terms of being a great camera, in terms of being a great communications device, uh, in terms of being relatively easy to use and having such a wide availability of apps. True. There's, there's just no other single phone that can, that can compete, so... That's honestly true. A lot of people see the go-to Android phone as the Galaxy, which, you know, by sales and pure numbers is what you'd have to go to or a comparison to the iPhone. But if you look for where Apple has, like, the most responsive UI, which would, you could say was is speed, and then, oh, it has, the, like, one of the best cameras, and it has one of the best screens. Like, if you look for those same places in Android, it's like, well, this this Android has the best phone uh, camera, and this one has maybe the best speakers for music, and this one might have the best screen, but it's all different devices. And exactly. Honestly, that's the thing. Apple was facing against, like it did with Microsoft, just an enormous amount of other competitors, not a single entity. And, I mean, you know, unlike the PC, unlike its PC wars, it's maybe not anymore winning in the sense that it has the most market share, but... It's still winning because it's the singular most. It can almost hold up 50% of the market or more, and it's a single company. Exactly. But to come back to uh, what you were saying before about the success of Apple, I really do think one of the biggest successes, and I'm trying to think right now, and I can't, I don't know if I can think of any other company, at least any other company that's done it for so long, that's able to sit down with their like awards, you know, their off the shelf products that are just selling like fire and it's they they just immediately turn around and cannibalize them they don't sit on that for it till it stops selling then like okay we have to come up with another product like that's how so many cycles are but even as back far as uh like the ipod nano not the ipod nano the ipod mini oh yeah that's exactly what i was about to mention yeah the mini where it was the number one apple sell it was number one ipod in like ever and it was outselling everything and anything by ridiculous amounts it was the first like series runaway hit more so than the original ipod for apple and they immediately turned around on the in one of the years where it was still selling great they could have definitely sat on it for another year even two and been had a perfect product that kept selling a large amount they just turned around as soon as they could make something better killed it and just made the ipod nano like, what other company would do that? You have a great selling product and you have a, a successor, you'd wait a year until sales start going down saying, hey, look at this new great thing now that you can buy now that you've had that other one for a while. They just flat out, whatever, we're coming out with what's great because it's great right now because it's what we have. And they've done it time and time again. Exactly. Now I want to take a quick diversion. What are your What are your thoughts on the iPad? You know, I picked up the, uh, the Air 2 for Christmas. 
got myself a nice little gift, um, and I love it to death. I'm a huge proponent of the iPad. But when you look at the um, at the sales, you know the average selling price of the uh, Mac has gone up. For the iPhone, it's gone up. But for the iPad, it's continued to trend down. Um, and they have not had as high sales as they've had the past two winter seasons for the iPad line. In 2012, you had 22.9 million shipments, 26.0 million shipments last winter, and then just this previous quarter, you only had 21.4. So what do you think is behind that? I think it's, for the most part, at this point, the consumers who don't already have iPads don't really have what they see as a proper use to justify buying one. Mm -hmm. And then most people who have a use have already bought one. And because unlike the iPhone, it seems to have more of a cycle of a, like a computer, like the MacBook, they just haven't bought new ones yet. And so there just isn't as much demand for it at any one point. I mean, cause honestly, like I don't own an iPad. If I had just unlimited capital, I would want an iPad. I think, I think it is better to view the web to consume the web than my computer. If I was just viewing websites and maybe Twitter, I would love an iPad. Mm -hmm. But to do anything else, I just don't like the going from app to app trying to do things. If I'm going to do pretty much anything besides just read an ebook or view a website, I want a computer in front of me. I want the a mouse and like windows that I can overlay each other. I'm 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 a bit of a power user and I just I can't I've never really been able to pick a stride up with an iPad, which I have tried for longer periods of times. So I've borrowed my uh, mother's before try, to tr actually try it out as a device. And they just, I couldn't get a hold of it. Have you seen a, a Vitici, Federico Vitici's uh, review on Mac Stories of how he uses his iPad Air 2? I know he posted something uh, recently, and I know he's probably the biggest proponent of, of the iPad. He really is. Like, honestly, the only reason he still uses a computer besides the iPad is to record two podcasts and to torrent. Like, that is his own words. Like, the only reason why he isn't an iPad-only user. But um, you'll have to look it up, and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Uh, but really, like, he he has so much workflow set up through it. Like, he's using URL schemes, extensions, the workflow app, all kinds of crazy stuff. And, I mean, he, he posts to a website and updates his blog and all kinds of – all his work is done on the iPad. It's really incredible. And it – it definitely shows that you can get work done on it, but at the same time, it shows that it's not there for the general consumer yet, I think. And I'm I'm sure there's more people than just him who work that way, but the thing is, is he's an outlier. Maybe as much as I'm an outlier that I don't like general app stuff, but I mean, you know, the, the numbers are showing it that the iPad isn't selling as well as other things, although... I will have to point out, I mean, it sold what? What was it, 21 million still? Yeah, I mean, that, that's it's, a great it's number. It's an insane number. It's, you know, they, they sold like 5 million Macs. And like, you know, if you if you call an iPad like a computing device and just say with that and the, lump it in with the Macs, like it would be incredible that they sold that many computing devices. Like it's really an incredible number. What a lot of people aren't happy with is it isn't the iPhone. And the, the iPhone's special, you know, the 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 whole consent the whole idea that is in people's minds where they need a new one every two years 
the, the iPhone is a different device than an iPad. Right, and I think that another thing that's played into that is uh, I've, is cell carriers having two-year contracts. You know, you buy an iPad at full price, and that's it. But I use my iPad every day. Um, I use it to take notes in class for the most part. And yeah. nine times out of ten, I'll probably choose my iPad over my Mac. And I was thinking about it earlier today when I was thinking about what I'd want to say here. And um, it's not that the iPad isn't capable. It's not that it's slower. It's just that it's different. You know, we've, we've accustomed, we've made ourselves accustomed to the way that computers work and kind of adapted our schedules, our processes around how the OS works. So when you have a new OS work, all right, you have a new OS to work with. You have to change your mindset, and that's that's difficult to do. We what we generally want to do is just take whatever works on our Mac, use it on our iPad, and then just occasionally pull out our Bluetooth keyboard and hope that everything will be, you know, just the same as if we had a Mac anyway. Right. And you have to change your thinking. I think that's what's hard to accustom yourself when you're using it. And you know, I've had to make some modifications to my work schedule uh, or work style in terms of apps I use and things like that. But it's certainly doable, it's certainly capable. Uh, the battery life, the fact that, you know, you can have a data plan with it, because I have T-Mobile's LTE with it, uh, is something that the, the Mac can't touch. You know, I, I have a Retina 2013, 2014. It's got great battery life, but it's nowhere close to my iPad. I don't always have um, Wi-Fi or internet with it. I don't have to worry about dongles or chargers or things like that. Um, and along with Federico, you know, if I could torrent on my iPad, you know, that'd be that'd be great. That would make some things easier uh, in terms of sharing files with friends. Um, whereas, but I mean, Apple doesn't allow those apps in the App Store for good reason. Right. So that's that's one reason I have to come back to my Mac. Um, I do think there are some things that Apple could do to make it better for the power user, but certainly for the average user, I think if they were stuck with using an iPad for a month, that they would figure out how to make it work for their lives, kind of a work with how iOS works on the iPad and realize, hey, I can do probably about 95% of the things that I do on my computer in this smaller form factor and be okay. But unlike with an iPhone where you can say, ooh, I need to be able to make calls, so I need to have a phone anyway. You have to work a little bit harder to figure out how the iPad works for you. Uh, this is something I've struggled with with my dad. We will say, well, well, I'd like to get an iPad, but I don't see what I would use it for. And my response is, I, I can't tell you what you would use it for because people would use it differently, just like they use computers differently. But anything you do on your computer, you can do on your iPad. You just may have to do it differently. So it's a mindset thing. And the easiest way to figure out if it works for you is to get one. But that requires, that requires money and commitment and time. Right, but f for like non-tech people, like let's say my parents, like they could honestly use the iPad for everything they need, for viewing the internet, for checking their mail. The only use case that that they do that you probably could do on the iPad, but you'd need to be more apt to technology would be my mom, who's a teacher, and she's you know she has to do like use certain programs for school and or just developing generally working on her school stuff that she's making for her kids, like. Mm -hmm. besides that an ipad and they would never need a computer 
And honestly, they could probably keep that thing for five years. And when it's getting way too slow, you could replace it for, and it, they literally save money that way. Cause I mean, they don't do anything, you know, super that, that they need a computer for. I mean, you know, watch TV. I mean, if you need Netflix, which we have, they have, I mean, well, you know, the smart TV has an app for it. They don't even, and iPad has an app for it. I mean, you know, exactly. it's really at this point, I think tech, the tech people who don't need, feel like they need an iPad, like either you have one already and, and then you're stuck in the, well, the iPad's uh, update cycle is taking longer than iPhone or you know they just don't see a need yet like me mm-hmm. and I, I don't apple could fix this by you know adding features or streamlining streamlining things that people see as problems yeah and i'm sure they will but it's just going to take time and also developers which is another trend which i've seen which is um worrisome where less people are developing for ipad oh yeah i was actually about to mention that as time goes by because there's just not that much money in it because the i the apple app store which can be a topic of itself which i don't want to touch today but the app store can be such a hard place to make money already because prices are driven down to the ground and then you go take the ipad which has less people and it's like well how am i supposed to make my money when i could just try and instead go make another iphone app which will make me at least more money oh absolutely awesome recent news is uh microsoft's uh big windows kind of windows 10 announcement where they uh really showed how they're wanting to integrate you know phone all the way up which isn't sung very much to all the way up through tablets to their pc device um not not, nothing too interesting there in my opinion i mean also i'm an apple guy yeah i'm surprised they're still going for this one os for everything strategy when you've got so many different forms to run on well i think they're doing it a bit better this time than windows 8 because they recognize that and they're at least giving like the tab uh, the the tablet the full metro experience the phone the same thing which you know works for that i think it works for a touch device and then they're taking and you can still access the metro stuff i think from a windows pc but it isn't forced on you at all like it is an eight which is a good thing right what i'm really surprised about though is that they announced cortana their uh siri uh competitor is going to be built into windows 10 and i'm really surprised that they beat apple to it i'm surprised why does OS 10 not have Siri built in yet. That's what I want to know. Because here, Microsoft's doing it already. You know, I've been wondering that for a while. But then I also think, would I ever use Siri on my Mac? And the answer is no. I don't even use it on my iPad that often, to be honest. Um, So you have to ask yourself, what's the use case? Am I going to be using Siri while I'm sitting down at my desk? Sure, it'd be nice for a gimmick, you know, every here or there. But in terms of whether it'd be useful, I don't think it is. And there is dictation on the Mac, which I think is important to have. But in terms of, hey, Siri, can you check the weather for me? And then it says loading, and then it tries to do that. And by then, I could have just opened Safari and typed in weather, you know? But see, this is where I think it works better on the Mac than my iPhone. Because you're right. I don't use Siri that much on the iPhone unless I'm in the car. Mostly because, oh, I hold Siri and ask or something. By the time it figures it out, I could have looked it up already, and I can't use my phone that entire time. The difference on the Mac is I can be doing something and ask her, and she can answer me. I can ask, hey, what's the weather, because I don't want to go check the weather. And I can keep doing whatever I was doing. I could keep reading Twitter. I could keep reading my blog or a blog, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
and and she will answer me when she's ready. And it's fine because I didn't have to go search it out myself. So the multitasking aspect of a uh, laptop is where I think of a desktop in general is where I think that Siri could help there. Because on the phone, you want Siri quicker and quicker because the longer she waits, the longer you're not doing anything. You're wasting time. But on the on the Mac, if she took twice as long to answer you than on the phone, as long as you're doing something else too, will you even notice? Hmm. You make a good counterpoint there. I actually hadn't thought about something like that. Uh, and then I guess you would just be able to have settings whether you'd want the information to open in the background or come to the foreground, depending on what you're doing. But uh, right. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. We'll have to see what Apple decides to do on that when their next version of the California-named system comes out later this year. <laughs> OS Ten Weed. Weed. Still crossing my fingers. Uh, anyway, back to Microsoft. I mean, you know, not the big one. Another big surprise is how, well, surprise. It's definitely still Microsoft tinted because they said that upgrades to Microsoft Ten is go uh, Windows Ten. <laughs> sorry, um, is going to be free for Windows Eight and Windows Seven users with like the conditional of only for a year. I think that's good. Um, because fragmentation with Windows is going to be greater because you just have so many more users. So anything you can do to try to increase the number of people you have using your current operating system, I think is a good idea for, for Windows and for Microsoft. It'll make it easier for developers and it'll make it easier for users um, when everyone's running the same thing. So, And th I think that's what it comes down to. Um, they're just tired of having like, 2% upgrade in the first month and so they're just like it's free just update just press the button and whether or not it's how much faster it happens we'll see but I mean I still do they need that conditional I mean yes Windows has always been their big money maker but they don't have to make it completely free I mean they can still sell it to new users just say well if you have Microsoft already if you already have a Windows version on a computer we'll just let you update and because, I mean, they, they said something right. They said that they see now they're trying to see Windows as a service, not a product. And in this day and age, that's what OSs are. And so, I mean, it's good for them to try and move forward like that. And, I mean, is this them saying that it's going to be free for a year because it's like they don't want everyone to upgrade? They will still want to make some money? Or is it just them hedging their bets and maybe they'll keep it free? Maybe they won't. Well, you also have to remember that not every other computer company has a device called the iPhone that literally prints money. So they've still got to make up revenue somehow. And the way that Microsoft makes its money is through Windows and primarily through Office. You know, so you have to keep those lifelines alive. You know, they'll, you'll never see Microsoft make Office for free because that's just giving away free money. They've, they've convinced people that they need it. So we'll see. They may have to lower the price on it, but they're not going to make that free. And so even if they can tempt you with free Windows, they can say, oh, okay, well, this new version of Office only works on the latest version of Windows. So that's how they can recoup the cost there. True. Well, I'm not saying that they're going to go completely free like Apple. Well, that only works for Apple because they sell the hardware at such high prices. But I think they need to move on to the point where their other products 
they use Windows as their gateway, like Apple uses their computers as a gateway. Hey, Windows is free. Now we're going to get you to, you know, buy all our stuff because everyone has Windows. Now that sounds silly because everyone already has Windows for all intents and purposes. Right. But it's the attitude and it's getting people getting the latest stuff. You got to get it, everyone's already on Windows, but the difference between that and everyone who's on Apple software is more percentage of the people who are already on Apple's hardware and software are kind of dedicated to the platform. And you got to get people dedicated to your Windows platform, not just, well, I'm using Windows, but I'm excited about Windows and what Microsoft does. That's That should be the goal. And that would be impressive. And I mean, honestly, I think they're really working towards it. I'm really, all the decisions they've made uh, in the past, I guess it's been year now, I am really um, impressed with their um, with their CEO. Um, do you know how to pronounce his name? I'm, I'm I can't sorry even if I remember his name, to be honest. I know it starts Sataya with a name. Sataya Nadella? Sata Nadella? I spell it Nadella. Something like that. Maybe maybe just Mr. N. Yeah, Mr. N. I'm really impressed with all the decisions he did. I mean, he released um, Office on iPhone and iPad, on iOS. Yeah, that should have been done. And not only that, now they earlier. have released it on Android. Also smart. Um, the... The latest Outlook app for um i for I guess it's cross platform, but for, that's on iPhone and Android is apparently really impressive and one of the most impressive mail clients in a while. So much so that uh, the previous guy I mentioned, uh, Federici uh, Vitici, right, he has started using it as his main client. I mean, like it's a seriously impressive, from what I see, uh, piece of software. And like the the whole um, the whole announcement, which I haven't even touched on, the Hollow Deck, uh, the Hollow Deck. We're on Star Trek now. The Hollow Art. Mm. I'm gonna get this right. Third try. The Hollow Lens. I yeah, mean, you know, it seems like crazy futuristic. It seems something like Google will do, but honestly, I feel that AR and VR is the future to some degree. And and not only that, but. Microsoft stepped up and showed a piece of hardware that is what some people are working towards, but no one has been able to show off publicly yet. And they showed it off. And it's sure it's, you know, it's first gen. It's a prototype. It's not to the point where people use it daily life, but it is so much better than Google Glass. Oh, well, anything would be better than Google Glass. And it's a different use case than Google Glass. Google Glass is wear all the time, whereas this is just, I guess, from what I've heard, is uh, you know, using the comfort of your own home, but I won't believe it until they give us a price and shipping dates, and I see some. Well, reviews. we're not going to get a price or shipping date at least for the recent future. I mean, I could see maybe two years from now them trying to maybe release this, but I mean, it's it's a long. I think it's a long form. It's basically thinks how CES, Ace, what is it, eighty. 70% of those products like never make it to market. It's them showing this is what we can do. We're working towards this. And honestly, like I'm excited. It's the first time I'm really excited about something Microsoft has done. I think, and you know, I, I used to hate Microsoft when I was, you know, young and foolish and like, you know, middle school and high school. I'm like, oh, Microsoft is the worst. I hope they just go out of business and Apple becomes the top dog and is the only computer on the market. No, I... I, I I hope good for Microsoft now. Like it's just they're how they used to be ran under Balmer, under Gates. 
they were not the best company. And but under this new CEO, I think they've made a turn. And I think that good can come from them and that they can actually become like a really good and exciting company again. Yep. Yep. Um we'll see. I mean, the jury's still out. I don't I don't have any particular hate towards Microsoft. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna go buy a Zoom anytime soon, but uh, I mean, you know, they're okay. We'll see how it goes. Um, but again, I want to see something that's much closer to to shipping, and then I'll I'll do some more research and think about it. But it's certainly not something I'll be able to use anytime soon. So my excitement for it is a bit muted. Well, I I, I act decided, but you know, it's the same thing. I mean, it, it's caution, it's cautious optimism in long form like i'm not like jumping up and down i gotta try this i'm jumping up and down for the oculus rift that is like something i'd love to use in five years where you know i can watch tv on every wall as i walk through my house you know oh, that'd be it, fun. it's a silly exactly we'll we'll see where that goes yeah now i don't have much to say about google and they, they they're doing all right they're always doing all right they're always trying different things and it's you know not making much for them i love their I, I, I'm still someone who loves a uh, Google search. Like I know a lot of people have jumped ship from that now, it seems, but it's still my preferred search. But beyond that, I what? hate you don't use a Duck lot Duck of Go? what they do. No, I don't. How, I, how can you not like I, Google I consider and be like, oh, but I ha- let me continue to give you money? I, I've considered trying it. I haven't yet. I probably should. Yeah, you should. There, there's no reason not to now that you've set it as a default uh Search client in Safari. It's it's great. Okay, okay. I, I it's on record now. Unless I edit this out, I I'll try DuckDuckGo. I'll set it default on my Mac and my phone. I'll I'll try. There we go. But um, but uh, I, there's not much to say about them except for their failure with Google Glass, where they basically flat out came out in the call and said it was a failure. We completely shut it down. Well, I say completely shut down, which is kind of how they worded it. Except they're just transforming it. They're it's not it's it sounds like they're taking it completely from a new direction now. It's not the next version of Google Glass we see in public will not just be the second version of the old one that we've already seen. Right. They've put Tony Fidel, the creator of the iPod, who they acquired when they bought Nest, mm-hmm. the uh, smart thermostat, and they put him in charge of a brand like basically rethinking Google Glass. And so next time we see it, it I don't know what it's going to be, but it's it's not going to be just an iteration of the one they already have. And it's going to be, they said, a complete product. It's not going to be like some early prototype that they sell for a bunch of money to a few people, but it's going to be like an actual product next time we see it. I think that one thing that would be good for them is to call it something that's not glass. You know, even if it's something that's like Google Lens, you know, just... Just don't make it glass. I mean, what, it, was that such a bad name? I mean, I, I don't think it's a great name, but I don't think it's a bad name. I don't think it's a spectacular name. It's certainly not a bad name, but I don't think you want the specter of the original Google Glass to hang over it. Okay, that is true. Because, I mean, I know a lot of hate has been put down over it. I mean, you know, a lot of places you get funny looks or even, like, basically told, take that, take that out of here. If you walk around with Google Glass, it's it has uh, garnered a lot of hate in uh, the public perception. It probably would be a good idea to come back with a different name. Something, an, another point about Microsoft that I did forget to make. Something else that they've doing that's really good 
is uh, I, I didn't know about this because I don't use their platform, but uh, I heard in a podcast just yesterday that they've integrated completely with Dropbox. You know how OneDrive, if you're like ever on like a computer with um, like Windows, like I in a computer lab or something, like how it's like always trying to like throw it OneDrive on all your Word, Microsoft Word or PowerPoint uh, program. Of course. Every time you try to uh, save anything or open anything, it's always trying to jump to OneDrive yep. uh, when you're trying to use Word or PowerPoint. Well, now... They allow – they have complete integration with Dropbox in the same way where you can just flat out – you don't have to like go and try and navigate to your Dropbox folder, but they flat out just have Dropbox integration that you can turn on to use instead of OneDrive. And stuff like that's other decisions that I think that's really turning Microsoft around because I would love to have that same integration as you know iCloud Documents. If I could switch that out with Dropbox, I'd be so happy if I could do that in a more convenient way. And that's exactly what Microsoft done, has done with OneDrive. And decisions like that is what I think is showing that they are changing. As a company, their vision is changing. Yeah, and I think that's good. I think the company, the company did need to make a pivot there. Um, so I do certainly hope it works out for them, that's for sure. And I, I think it will. But, you know, they're never going to be making as much money they made in the 90s. That ship has sailed. And I don't think they can make it back unless they can jump in like VR or the, like the next big shift in computing because they completely missed mobile. Then they completely missed mobile a second time when smartphones came around. And I mean, there's no gaining that back. Right. Windows Phone will never be a big seller. No. It, it, it's going to be stuck at BlackBerry levels from the start and forever. But it's okay. You know, it's still there for the people that like it uh, and it works. You know, it's not bad. So, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe, who knows, maybe years from now they'll slowly start to build up their their fan base. Sure. Yeah. Should we mention anything about Samsung? I, I'm not, there's nothing interesting to say except for that they keep losing phone sales and they keep every quarter is less money made from phones each time. Yep, but that's always fun. I guess that's all to say. Um... All right. Well, that looks like a good show. That's pretty much, you know, the start of the year is always really slow for uh, tech after CES. Right. You know, not, nothing's going on. There's a rumor that uh, Febu end of February might be an Apple media event. So maybe things will pick up around then. Oh, so really? since there's probably not going to be – yeah. Did you not see that yet? Okay, wait. See that yeah, one more time? Um, there's rumor that there's going to be an Apple media event at the end of February. Oh, Oh, okay, yeah, I could totally see that. Because it's like, hey, so this Apple Watch, come check it out, guys. Yeah, I know. That's that's coming up pretty soon, so they're going to have to have an announcement about it sometime. Yeah, yeah. Also, we're still having these uh, fabled MacBook Air replacement. Yeah, uh, that's right. I remember that reading keeps that keeps going before. around. We'll see how that goes. Well, we'll see. So, since there's not going to be too much more tech news in a while, I, I feel our next show will be... I feel we should talk about Nintendo and the situation they've found themselves in. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely have to do a pre-E3 you know, show. Talk some games. So we'll do a, you know, it may not be, it's still tech down south. I mean, it's technically games down south, but we'll, we'll games are definitely tech. cover it. It works. It works. Games are tech. All right. Well, I'm Matthew Wilson. You can find me at at M-W-I-L underscore C-L on Twitter. And this has been Lindsay Bogan II. You can find me at ask underscore the doctor 
on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow the show on Twitter as well at one underscore TDS. And you can leave feedback and view the show notes at techdownsouth.wordpress.com. You can be sure to subscribe on iTunes or add the RSS to your favorite podcast app. Mine's Overcast. Well, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next time.